Hey y'all, welcome back to Fuck Cancer, but let's talk about it. I'm your host, Monios. If you haven't already known, April is Head and Neck Cancer Awareness Month, and today we have a guest who is currently battling a head and neck cancer, but she's a fighter, a beautiful warrior. So I would like to introduce you guys to my next guest. Okay. Hi again. Hello. <laughs> hello, hello. All right, let's, let's start from the beginning. You mind okay. introducing yourself? Yes. So my name is Leah Norris. Um, people know me as Miss Lee. That's my podcast radio persona. Um, I am originally from North New Jersey. And I currently live in Baltimore, Maryland. So, okay. I was wondering where the area code was from. Like, what area code is this? Yes. Yep. Okay. And you ready? Are you ready to tell your journey? Start your journey with us. I am ready. I think I'm ready. I hope I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you're ready. Yeah. So, um, let's see. Uh. Wow. So I never imagined that this would um, be a part of my journey. Um, I am, I'm, I still kind of sit back and be like, is this really like what I'm going through right now? You know, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, graduated college and a broadcasting degree, and then I worked in New York and you know, I missed nine eleven by one day, and then like, I was like, "Okay, God, you're sparing me," and I relocate to Maryland and uh, worked in corporate America and had such success, you know, in my broadcasting endeavors and uh, published a book. Like, I've done so many things, and mm-hmm. um eventually transitioned back to my love of education Mm -hmm. so you know I'm a teacher and I'm like okay things are good and then of course COVID happens and everybody just you know lost their minds and everything and um then I lost my mom in September of 2020 thank you yeah so then like two months later lost my uncle and then like Four months later, I, well, maybe like three and a half months, I um, started to have these symptoms of, like, I thought it was a cold. Uh At first, I thought it was COVID. I was like, let me get a COVID test, you know? And Uh um, so this is 2021, so like the spring of 2021. And, um, um, and I thought it was a cold, and the test was negative, and um, it was like, like difficult, a little, like it was uncomfortable swallowing, but it wasn't like I couldn't swallow. Uh-huh. And um, you know, I have sinuses and allergies, and it's the springtime, so I'm like, oh, okay, so you know. Let me go to the doctor, you know, whatever. So I go to the doctor 
and um, my primary doctor gives me antibiotics. And at the time, both of my lymph nodes were swollen. And yeah. she was like, well, you know, let's get these antibiotics and you have some type of sinus infection. I was like, okay, cool, whatever. So I took the antibiotics and only one of my lymph nodes went down, but not the other. And I go back and I'm like, now it's like, it's getting more difficult swallowing. And I'm like coughing up like white mucus like all the time. And I'm like, this is not normal. Like something is wrong. And um, I, then my doctor was like, let's get a, a scan. And um, and um, I get the scan, and she gets the results, and she's like, "You need to go to the hospital. You have like a really bad lymph node. Like we need to remove it or like drain it. It could be an abscess, whatever." So I go to the emergency room. Um, drain in my neck to like drain it and it wasn't really draining like a lot and <clears throat> sorry um, and um, then um, I doctor the ear nose and throat doctor at what the hospital was like I went to a biopsy and I was like cool whatever so the the biopsy was scheduled for like the following week, and I come home and on a Wednesday night I woke up and I couldn't breathe, mm. and um, I'm gasping for air. And um, wait, hold on one second. I gotta use my suction again. <laughs> the swallowing okay so um I couldn't breathe and I called 911 and I'm like it'll take me to this other hospital because that was where my biopsy was and I was like I don't want to like re-explain everything to like a different hospital like uh-huh. and honestly I didn't want to go to the hospital in Baltimore City I was like take me over this way so um I get to the hospital and the ENT doctor there was like, uh, we need to give you a trach. And I was like, what? He's like, you can't breathe. So something is going on in your throat and we need to like give you air. And I was like, and then at the time, um, since I wasn't really eating, I was like 110 pounds. Mm. Prior to this, I weighed 160 pounds. Wow. So I lost so much weight because I wasn't able to swallow much food. I was like smoothies and things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so after, so he's like, we need to give you like a feeding tube. And I'm like, what is happening? Like, what is going on? And I'm like freaking out. And Next thing I know, I wake up and I'm in ICU and I have a trach 
and pain in my stomach and I'm like you know what is happening and I'm crying because I'm like still grieving my mom and I'm like you know when anything happens like I want my mommy you know Mm -hmm. you know so (laughs) I'm like a 41 year old woman and I'm like I want my mommy like I this seems too much so um I then you know they come and I can't talk because they have this trach in my throat so Mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't communicate. And I'm like writing things down on this like whiteboard, like dry erase board. And I'm like, I'm like texting my dad. I'm like, I don't know what's going on. And the nurses are explaining to me, well, you're in ICU because of your trach. And they're like writing tests, trying to figure out what's going on. And they did the vibe, see why you were under. And I was like, oh. And, um, you know, they like did all these testings. And, um, they did a MRI CAT scan, blood work. And then the final thing was um, a PET scan. And my sorority sister was like, Lee, they're trying to figure out if you have cancer. And I was like, I don't have no cancer. Like, what are they talking about? Like, whatever. So I get the scan and I'm like still in ICU. So this is like day five in ICU. And I'm, you know, like, um, I have an app on my phone, like my chart, where you can like see all your records and stuff. Uh-huh. So the the results come back, <laughs> and of course, I'm not a doctor, so I'm like trying to figure out what these words mean. And I hear, I see under it says localized, and I'm like, oh, all right, it's just like, I love take it out and send me home. You know, like that's where my mind is. So I sent a message to my primary doctor and she's like, Leonora, did anybody talk to you about like what's going on with you? And I'm like, no, I'm like waiting and waiting and waiting. Cause they kept saying, we're going to wait until this other doctor comes. And I'm like, what are we waiting for? My primary doctor was the one that looked at the report and told me I was, I had cancer. Mm. And I was like, she was like, why hasn't anybody talked to you? And I was like, and then my nurse was there and I was just in shock. Like I, I just kind of just, I was just in shock. I was just like, are you serious? Like what? And my nurse was livid. Like he went and reached out to whoever. And then one of the doctors came and sat at my bedside and was like, most with stage four. Um, squamous cell carcinoma of the hypopharynx. And I'm like, what the heck is that? Like, what is that? And they didn't really, like, explain it. They just were like, you know, it's an invasive tumor and it was blood. I'm like, and I'm like in shock. Like, and I was like, and then I just went into, okay, so what are we about to do to get rid of this? Like, take it out. Like, what are we about to do? And he's like, She's like, well, we have a couple plans of action. The best will be a laryngectomy. And I was like, I was like, what is that? And I was like, wait a minute. You're trying to give me a permanent hole in my throat? I was like, nah, we're not doing that. You know, like, no. And she was like, well, She's looking at the MRI with me and the scans, and she's like, another course of radiation and chemotherapy. And I was like, 
wow, like, okay. And and I just started, like, I, and I'll tell you, like, I never once thought, like, I was going to die. Like, that thought never crossed my mind. Like, oh, I'm going to die, stage four. And I asked, I was like, so is this, like, stage four, like, breast cancer? Like, like what does this mean? And she's like, no, let me explain it to you. She's like, because your neck is such a small area and the tumor is massive, we rate the stages on the size in comparison to the location. So because your neck is small and the tumor is big, the number is a four. And that's how we stage it. And I was like, oh. She's like, but it's nowhere else but your throat. And I was like, oh, okay, so... Um, okay, so she's like, you know, she's going over everything. She's like, um, you know, I'm conscious, I want to talk to you, whatever, whatever. And yeah, it and this all happened July of 2021, um, end of July, and <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, um. So, my oncologist, like, talked to me, and, <clears throat> sorry, oh, one second. <laughs> so, for those that are listening and will listen. I have a trach, so I suction my trach and my mouth. It's the whole ordeal. So excuse the noise and all that stuff. But, um, so my oncologist came to talk to me and was like, Leonora, I'm going to be honest with you. He says, if you were my sister, I would tell you, let's beat the hell out of this thing and throw everything we can at it and get rid of it. And I was like, and my dad and my sister was on FaceTime because they live in Jersey and Mm -hmm. Delaware. And my dad and sister was like, we we support whatever you want to do. He's like, you're 41. You're healthy. You're non-smoker. I've never smoked. I'm healthy. I was a former athlete. Like, it was like a shock. Like, and and he was like, doctors miss this because I don't fit the demographic. You know, I am. Uh, most people who get these types of cancers are smokers, drinkers. They're in their 60s or 50s. And because I and they're not of there are not many in our culture, like of African-American descent. So it's kind of like, I mean, we're out there, but we're very, very few and far between. Uh-huh. So he's like. It was missed because you don't fit the you don't fit the mold. Like you're not the typical person that we will look for this for. He's like, I really think your body can handle it. Like, let's go for it. And I was like, all right, whatever. And um, and then my journey began. So I had um three rounds of introductory chemo, which was three different drugs, one of the medicines ran in a, on a pump for four days and I only carried that home and I had that for three treatments every 21 days. Um, 
Then I started seven rounds of, no, six rounds of chemo and 35 days of radiation at the same time. And then, so that finished December. Then I had my scan three months later, which was March. Mm -hmm. And the scan reflected that there was still evidence of cancer. So my um, so when I got that news I cried because Mm -hmm. I was just like I went through all of that and this is still here like like what's really going on you know and my ENT was like we need a biopsy just to make sure because it could be scar tissue or whatever so the the biopsy was scheduled and I went into it feeling good I was like it's gonna be scar tissue like it's not gonna be because radiation causes a lot of damage Mm -hmm. you know and the side effects is crazy for the throat yes you know like and that's why I'm suctioning because of the mucus builds Mm -hmm. up and like the all the stuff and um it it was like I went into it whatever and the results came back (laughs) and it reflected that there were still cancer cells there and I just was like, what do we do now? And I'm crying to my oncologist, and he's like, well, your ENT is like they're injecting me. And I'm like, no. You know, because... You don't want that whole... Like, you're ripping my whole life. Like, if I had a laryngectomy, they pretty much take everything out of my throat. My mm-hmm. voice box, everything. Mm-hmm. I would no longer be able to use my nose again. I'll no no longer be able to swim. Like I would have a fake prosthetic voice. Um yeah, a permanent hole. I'm like, yo, like that's too life changing for me right now. Like mm-hmm. you know, um and and I'm not trying to sound superficial, but I'm gonna just be honest. And I and not to say that God doesn't do amazing things. But in the African American community, dating with physical obstacles is a very challenging thing. Mm-hmm. And I want to get married. I want to have kids. Like I, I got life to live, and that's a whole life change. Like teaching, like how would I teach? Like what? Like all of that. Like my whole life would be changed forever. And once you're cut open, you can't go back. Mm-hmm. Like you know and. I was like, I'm not really feeling it, you know? And my my ENT is like, well, you'll be able to eat food again and blah, 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 your quality of life. And I was like, if you cut me open and the cancer comes back, then what? Like, then what? And he's mm-hmm. like, you would go on immunotherapy. And I'm like, so can we just not do that and just do the other? Like, can we just go on immune? You know, and, and we're going mm-hmm. back and forth and He's just like, yeah. So 
I met with my oncologist. No, no, no. So my ENT was like, this is all in the past two weeks. He goes, well, when we did your biopsy, we couldn't scope up to your throat. We think the tumor is blocking your throat, your ability to swallow. Uh-huh. Like you're, And I was like, how is that possible? I was like, I was able to eat food before radiation. So like uh-huh. when I was in chemo, I did a swallow test and I was able to swallow. I was cleared. Like I was eating mashed potatoes and like chicken, like, you know. And then when radiation happened, the ability stopped. So I was like, how are you telling me that the tumor is now blocking my esophagus when I was eating before radiation? Like that just didn't make sense. And I was like, and tell me how big my tumor is. I want to know. And and for anybody listening, like, advocate for yourself. Ask questions. Like, mm-hmm. because these doctors will say anything sometimes. And, and you think that they're telling you the truth. But sometimes you need, like, facts to, like, prove what they're saying. And I was like, after all that treatment, my body was doing one thing before this. <laughs> before how big is my tumor now it had to have shrunken after all that treatment you know mm-hmm. and you know my auntie was like I don't know and I was like how don't you know like what do we need to do we need your MRI cool let's get the MRI done and and um so we get the MRI. Uh, so this was last Friday. So not this past Friday, but the Friday before. And um, that same day, my oncologist saw my note to him about the conversation I had with my ENT doctor. And he's like, I want to see you tomorrow. And I was like, cool. He goes over the MRI and he goes, well, it says scar tissue. It says inflammation. And there's like fracture his cells so he didn't seem concerned he was just like it's just residue of the cancer it's not like a tumor and I was like wow so he was just trying to get you to have a surgery because yes yes and I'm like and I'm like and I have a home health nurse and she's like you need to listen to your oncologist because your oncologist is the one that knows cancer like he knows like period and you know and I have a whole team I have a nutritionist like I have all these doctors you know and it gets confusing and I was like if my oncologist isn't worried like I like why would I worry like he, mm-hmm. he just looked at it and was like well and then he he looks at me he's like Leonora from the very beginning you went into this with this, the best attitude you smile you, you, you approach it you attack like he was like if you have that surgery and that cancer comes back your spirit will be crushed Mm -hmm. and I don't want that for you and he's like I just don't want that for you and I was like thank you you know what I mean like thank you because it's a drastic life changing decision and your life is in in the hands of you know like these doctors but you have your faith in God and you're like God like what do I do, you know, and uh-huh. um, and I told him, I said, you know, 
I remember when you first met me, you wanted to put me on immunotherapy in the beginning. And he said, you remember that? I was like, yeah. And you were concerned that if I did it with all of that chemo, my body would like overly react to it because I'm getting all this strong and uh-huh. chemo medicines at one time. On top of that, it would be a lot. And he was he didn't want to like chance something happening. And he said something told him to test my cells for the immunotherapy medicine anyway. Uh-huh. And yeah, he tested my cells and he was like, Leonora, I'm going to just tell you yourself tested at a hundred percent effective and i was like what he was like yeah he was like my other head and neck cancer patient um his cells were at 70 percent, and he's in remission wow and you're at 100 so i feel really good about this and i was like sign me up let's go you know <laughs> like and i told him i was like before I do any surgery like that should be the very last resort Uh like you know like that should never be the first option unless it's an emergency Uh and he was like I I understand he's like you know I think you we can do the immunotherapy I'll monitor you and then if we need to do a surgery, like a minor surgery to help improve your throat swallowing or whatever, we can visit that then. And I was like, cool. Because my goal is to get rid of the cancer. Uh-huh. Like, just get rid of it. And then let me, let's rehabilitate my body to its natural state in a different way, you know? So yesterday... I had my first infusion of Keytruda, and I will be on this until my doctor says otherwise. So they they preface it as it's not, it's, they call it palliative care because it's not like... It's not as, as hard as chemo and radiation. Right. Right. <laughs> And they're like, it's not a cure. Like, they make you sign forms and everything. They're like, it's not a cure. It's just to prolong your life is kind of how they uh-huh. describe it. Um, but people who have been on Keytruda or Optivo or any of those other drugs, a lot of them are in remission. Wow. And they're off of the medicine. So... I'm just very hopeful that that will be my story. That you'll be next. Yes, 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 yes. So that's my story. So how long is this immunotherapy for? Um, I don't know. Um, I I know that I'm getting infusions every three weeks, and um, I get a scan after the third treatment to see, you know, what's happening, you know, in there. Um, but I'm assuming it'll be, I'll keep taking it until my oncologist feels like, okay, well, it's gone and she's good. And then 
Yeah. And what right when you had radiation therapy since you had it for seven weeks, Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. um, towards your I'm gonna say about towards three weeks left, is that when you start having like reactions like Oh my gosh, girl. So yes, so it was like week three. Like after like 10, 12 days, I started to, and they prep you, like they tell you mm-hmm. all the side effects. Like when I take the mucus, the mucus, oh my gosh, it's so much better now, way better. I was using my suction machine like every minute. Like it was horrible. Like I'm suctioning my mouth because the mucus builds up and then my trach is just, like it was just, I couldn't sleep. I was sleep hour an hour maybe it was like catnaps like I was like it was horrible and then I had burns on my neck uh-huh. which was like difficult because I have the trait collar and I'm like trying to get in there and oh my gosh and I was nauseous uh-huh. I was tired um that was the worst it was like I I tell my doctors I wish I never had radiation like I I don't ever want it Ever again, like never, and, yeah. And of course, it's different. Like if I had like breast cancer, or you know, like this is my throat. Like I couldn't, I couldn't speak. Mm-hmm. So it was like it was like I would try to talk, and the mucus, like I couldn't breathe. Like my whole passageway was filled with. It was just, it was a hot mess, a hot mess. Like so now. And they would say, oh, take Mucinex or Romatussin to, like, thin it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So, now it's, like, way better. Like, I'm sleeping eight hours. Like, I'm not suctioning at night anymore. Um, yeah. And I, I suction in the morning a lot. Like, because I guess it builds up overnight. And mm-hmm. I just hear out my passages. And I'm pretty much good. Or like when I like right before this, I haven't had my speaking valve on, so it was still kinda like in there. So I was like, whoa, like let me get this together, you know? Um, but yeah, but once I'm cleared out, I'm like good. And then I'll like suction this regular builds up. But yeah, it's a hot mess. A whole hot mess. I had another question about radiation. I lost my thought. <laughs> <laughs> Now, did you have a problem um, eating also? Like, did it make you just, did your dietitian like just give you like a whole bunch of insure just oh, to so, help? So, I still have my feeding tube. I had that since July. Okay. So, um, before radiation, I was eating like soup, mashed potatoes, like like soft things. Mm-hmm. Um, because I still had the, the tumor in there. So, it was still kind of like a block, but it wasn't bad. Because uh-huh. um, I was clear to, like, eat, eat. I just was like, I'm not gonna jump into, like, full-fledged food. Um, So, I have a, a formula. So, I, um, they prescribe me Kate Farms Nutrition. Um, So, I go through four canisters a day to get the right calorie intake in. And I just pour it in my feeding tube. 
And then recent, recently, I started juicing. Okay. Um, so one morning, this was like a month ago, I woke up and I was like, I need to put healthy things in my body. Uh-huh. You know, because I thought about like my ancestors, they ate from the earth, you know, and I I need to have real nutrients in me, like from the earth. And I was like, and I had all these gift cards that people gifted me and I went on Amazon, ordered a juicer and I was like, I bought the little cartons and containers and I juice vegetables, fruit, ginger, turmeric, um, all the good stuff, like anti-inflammatory, uh-huh. anti-cancer, fruits and vegetables. And I go, I, I just pour that in my tube. Does that also help with the mucus? It does. It really does. Um, because I do pineapple and ginger and apple. Like I, I do those and I did mango and papaya, all those things that help like knock out mucus. Um, but it definitely made a real big difference. And I noticed when I started juicing, my energy was like way better. Like I'm going out, I'm doing things, I'm hanging with friends again. Like it definitely is doing a good thing. That's good. That's amazing. Yeah. Now, how was your chemo? Oh, my. So, this is funny because. So, I remember my first round of introductory chemo. They gave it to me in the hospital. And my oncologist, you know, like, they bought it to you because, you know, I was already in the hospital. So, after the first round, I'm, like, watching TV. And he's like, are you okay? And I'm like, I'm fine. He's like, no dizzy, nauseous, diarrhea. He's running down all this. I was like, no. He's like, are you sure? And I'm like, yeah. So legit. The only side effects I had from chemo was being fatigued. Mm-hmm. I was sleepy. And I lost my hair. That was it. I had no other side effects from the chemotherapy at all. Like, and and my oncologist was like, yeah, you are definitely a champ because anybody else that had all that that you had, they would have been like all messed up. Like, mm-hmm. um, later on, like after radiation ended, I started to have the neuropathy in my hands and feet and I take mm-hmm. medicine for that. But, I had no other side effects. Wow. Losing my hair and being sleepy. That's amazing. Yeah. So when you started losing your hair, did you just go ahead and shave it off? Yes. Like, so it, it was hard to tell because I had braids Mm -hmm. and. So I had braids when I was admitted in the hospital. So I had those braids. You know how you have braids that are way too long. You're like, I need to get this out. <laughs> yes. So uh, after I got home, like two weeks after, um, and after I had my first treatment, I actually took my braids out. 
and I was like, I wasn't sure if it was like shedding from this regular shedding or chemo. Uh-huh. So I remember my sister was so mad that I took my brains out because she was like, "You're you, I need to do it for you. Like you're fragile." And I was like, "Whatever," because <laughs> uh, my sister is my caregiver. So, that's um, hard. Yes. Uh, so I took the braids out and I remember she washed my hair and it's so different washing your hair with a trait because I can't get any water, mm-hmm. you know, like, so I sat on the floor and my sister had a bucket and I hit my head back in the tub, like from the floor mm-hmm. and she like poured water with the bucket and I just cried. I cried because I, that was like the first time I felt like I lost my independence. Like, I felt so helpless. Like, I can't even wash my own hair. Like, so after that, I noticed my scalp started to hurt, like pain. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and it slowly, I would like touch my hair and it would just come out and come out. And I was like, before I just walk around with these patches and and I didn't even do twist outs and things. So I was like, yeah. I ordered some clippers and my close friend came over and we shaved my hair in my living room. And that and then my scalp stopped hurting. Mm. Yeah. So I hear that when your scalp starts to hurt, it's when your follicles like it's yeah. So I just shaved it off. Wow. Yeah. So when did you, since you were in shock when the doctor told you, your doctor, that's even worse. When your doctor told you you had cancer, mm-hmm. like, when, because you was already in denial. You was in shock and you were in denial. Right. How long before you, you finally accepted it? Oh, my gosh. I, to be honest, I don't think I really accepted it until, like, oh, gosh, maybe when I was, like, oh, I know this sounds bad, like, almost done with treatment. Like, I just, I went into a get-it-done mode. Uh Like, I never processed, like, I have cancer. Like, uh-huh. I never, and it just was like, and I don't know if it's the northern mentality. I was like, okay, what are we about to do to get this done? Let's get it popping. Like, I just was like, task focus, you know? So I was like, all right, let's get it done. Let's get it gone. And I just never really processed it uh-huh. until after. Um, And I was going to appointments and things and, and it took a while for me to even pronounce what it was. I was like, squamous, whatever. It's some kind of... Like, I was like, whatever. Squamous cell. Yeah, I was like, it's <laughs> in my throat, y'all. I don't know what it is. And, um, but I didn't, like, process it until I was done with radiation. And that was the first time I was laying in my bed and I just cried. Because I had nothing else to do but be home. Mm. And the tasks were complete. So that was like December. So from July to December, 
I was just going, mm-hmm. going, going. Wow. So when I was home and I'm and I live on the street with a school and I'm seeing kids go to school and I'm like, I want to go back to my classroom. Like I want to go back and I'm on social media and everybody living in life. And I'm like, this sucks. Like I went through a whole mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I really have cancer. Like it was that was the real emotional um moment. And but but I'll say that when I got diagnosed, I was journaling. So I journaled the whole time. That was your therapy. Partly, yeah, because I couldn't talk. So mm-hmm. I had to get things out. Mm-hmm. And my sorority sisters got me journals and I was like so my first journal entry was July 25th and I journaled like every every other day every day and and I got like five journals now like I'm, I'm still wow. journaling you know what I mean so it's like I I guess that was my way of processing it subconsciously mm-hmm. but like I didn't feel it until I was done wow and then I just had a whole breakdown it was real bad I was in a real dark place I was angry I was like, this sucks. Did you do any bargaining? Oh my gosh. So I just, after like two weeks of like being in that dark place, um, I said, I got to change. I got, I can't keep living like this. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I, I am in the past, I was treated for depression and anxiety and I was on like medication for it, but I was off. Like I've been off of that for like, eight years you know what I mean mm-hmm. so I was like I was like I can't go back to that place and of course they're like oh we can give you medicine for your mood I'm like nah B you're not giving me no medicine like no and I just committed at that moment that I need to have a conversation with God every morning I need to put God as my priority every morning so from that moment I legit spend about two hours with God every morning like I wake up after I feed my cat and all that stuff, I write in my, I have a book. Because I, I felt weird because I normally would pray aloud. And now that I was like, I can't speak, how do I pray? Like, I was like, how do I talk to God if I can't use my book? Like, it was like, and I started writing my prayers in a book. And I have a prayer book. Now, so every morning I write it, I write my prayers down wow. in, in my book. Then I listen to worship music. Then I read my Bible. Then I have a prayer workbook, like a journal, and it has journal prompts in scripture. I do that every week, and I just have moment of communing with God. And when I started doing that, my mood went from night to day. It just shifted, mm. and I. And I don't have those dark moments anymore. And then I just started watching my church online, watching Bible study. Like, I just, like, made God, like, the priority. Like, he was the priority before, but, like, now it was, like, intentional priority. Uh Like, you know what I mean? Like, I was raised in the church, so I had the foundation. I would go to church. But now it was like, oh, nah, me and God got to build this relationship. And then it was like, 
the closer that I got with God, the more he would reveal things to me and show me mm. things. And I would dream about myself eating like Apple Jacks and Fruit Loops. And I'm like, okay, God, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he, I would have these dreams of me being healed. And I'm like, okay, God, you're talking to me. And then like, when I would be in a state of confusion with these doctors, he would reveal something to me. And I'm like, okay. Like, so that legit like saved my whole mental space and I said I, I, I prayed to God I was like when I'm back in my regular routine I still need to make time uh-huh. for that you know what I mean like, I uh-huh. still have to do that and some people fall off the wagon once things are good and they don't and I'm like that can't be me uh-huh. like if I now got to do it at night, I'll do it at night because I can't do it. You know what I mean? Like, I have to make that time is over that. So, I didn't really process cancer until I was done. So, you went through the five stages. Oh, there's five stages? It's, it, it's, it's denial. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember them in order. First is denial. And then you have... You have a bargaining, mm-hmm. you have depression, you have yeah. anger, and then yeah. acceptance. Yeah. So, it, yeah. And then it was like, um, I was grieving too. Mm-hmm. Like, my mom and my, my sorority sister, who's also been like my mentor in this journey because she is 12 years uh, free of Nas Hopkins lymphoma okay. uh, and she was like she calls me little sis she's like little sis you're grieving your old life mm-hmm. because your new life was not ever going to be the same mm-hmm. as your old life and not to say it's going to be worse but life as you knew it is no more you're now walking into a new elevated mm-hmm. way of life and you're grieving that because you don't know what it's how it's going to be like so and I was like yes that's just like I, I, I'm like I'm not understanding you know like mm-hmm. I just it, it was when she said that I really like took it to heart like yeah you, you're right like I'm now going to be saying cancer survivor at the end of my story and you don't think that in the beginning like that's true you just be like, oh, I'm just living, you know? Oh, and now you're like, oh, no, it's different. You look at life in a whole different way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for anyone who's going through it right now, is going through their journey, what would what mm-hmm. advice would you give them? Oh, my gosh. Advocate for yourself. Number one, advocate, advocate. Um, doctors practice medicine. They don't know that. Like, they, they're not the end-all, be-all. Um, I advocate, advocate, advocate. Um, mental state is so important because your body, like, feeds off of your mind and what you tell your... Like, your mind controls it all, you know? And, like, you have to feed your body good things. And we forget how miraculous our bodies are in healing. Um, 
people say, Lee, you got to get out and get some sunlight, you know, like get out in the sun, you know, or, and once I started doing those things to get some good stuff in my body, your spirit changes, your healing gets mm-hmm. better, you know, it, it really is a big thing and cancer is scary mm-hmm. and every cancer is different and um, I'm the only one that it, a lot of the, my circle and people that know me and publicly, I'm the only one they know that has this type of cancer. And then when Tracy Braxton died of it, I was like, so she had esophageal cancer, but still it's a form of throat cancer, uh-huh. you know? And like, it's scary. Like, you know, so advocate for yourself. Um, it's okay to not go through chemo. Like, it's your life, you know, and it's a gamble. Um, it's crazy because my best friend, sister died of breast cancer five years ago, and I said back then, if I ever had cancer, I would go natural, all healthy. And then, I guess God was like, yeah, but you ain't gonna be able to swallow, so how we about to, you know what I mean? So it was like, <laughs> I couldn't even go natural. Like, I was like, if I have had breast cancer, oh yeah, I'm gonna go natural. I'm not doing all that stuff. Just cut my breasts off and whatever. And yeah, throat cancer. Yeah, swallowing. I can't. How can I go natural? Mm-hmm. I can't eat anything. True. Like, you know, like whatever I do, got to go on my tube. Mm-hmm. So it's it's different. So now I'm like. We want to do medicine and I'm doing natural at the same time. But if you're going through it, it's not a death sentence. It's 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 not. Like God works miracles. He's a healer. You know, and there's and get second opinions. Uh. <laughs> get second opinions. Cause that's the first thing my dad dad said. Like if I have to have surgery, you need a second opinion. Uh-huh. You know, because doctors get paid to cut you open. Uh-huh. So that's the first thing they're going to say. Especially if they have surgeon in the back of their credentials. Uh-huh. And every nurse that I've talked to, they're like, yo, if he cut you open, he off the top getting 10 grand. Uh-huh. So... And when my doc, I had a heart to heart with my doctor, my ENT doctor, he's a surgeon because he's the one that kept saying laryngectomy, quality of life, I want you to be able to eat. But I'm like, yo, if the cancer come back, then what? You already cut me open. Well, we will go back in. Nah, we're not doing that. You know, like, you know, and all my friends who are in the medical profession, like Lee, he said that to you from day one because he knows if he cuts you open, he gets paid. Surgeon doctors don't like doctor. They don't like regular patient visits because it, it does nothing for them. Uh. So, yes, in some cases, surgery is needed. I'm not saying, you know, don't because if you have colon cancer, you have to cut it out. Like, do what needs to be done. However, educate yourself. Uh-huh. You know, read books like Crispy Cancer. Like, the information is out there. Um, and, and, and once you are 
out of the storm of it, really make a conscious effort to change your life. Like eating, cut out the processed foods and the, you know, all that junk because all of that stuff helps cancer return. So, yeah, it's a journey. It's a whole crazy journey. Yes. I have one more question. Sure. These books are you right? Are you gonna publish them or like make a copy of your your prayer? Oh my gosh! So, um, in this in this journey, uh, so I have a book out already, and it's like maybe twelve years old or whatever. So my friends are like, first they were like, "When are we getting the sequel to the first book?" I was like, "Oh, I'll get to it." Right. So. When I first got diagnosed, everybody was saying, oh my gosh, Lee, this is a testimony. You're going to save lives. Like, you need to write a book. And in the beginning, I was not trying to hear it. I Mm -hmm. was like, man, I'm not there. Like, no, I'm not. You know, because I felt like they cared more about me monetizing than me going through this. Like, I was like, that's not a priority. Like, you know, so one day I was in the shower and God kind of told me what my book should be called uh, mm. Rainbows After the Storm. And I was like, okay, God, uh, Noah saw a rainbow after the flood. Okay, like I, I'm, I'm getting this. And I started writing um, my book. So. I will be adding pieces of my journal entries okay. in the book. Um, and it's really just going to be about how I've, how I now have come out and I'm in the rainbow and I went through the storm, you know, like uh-huh. from not only cancer, but just all of the storms of my life. Like everything I've been through got me to this point. So, uh-huh. I will be putting my journal entries because I still journal like every week still. That's good. Yeah. So is journaling the only therapy you did or did you see like a therapist or anything? <laughs> oh, I am also in support groups. Okay. Um, I am in a cancer at 40 support group at a local center here in Maryland. Um, we meet virtually and it's it's been so helpful. That's good. Um, because it's different when, like, I'm in another support group through my hospital for people that have the same variations of cancer, but they're old. Not trying to be funny, but they're old. Like, they're, like, 50, 60, married with kids. Like, Uh I, I can't relate to that. Like, in my group that I'm in with the 40s, like, we talk about dating. We talk about everything that impacts our our certain gener- like demographic. So it's really helpful. Um, and I don't know if people know this because I didn't know this too. And I don't know if you know this, but when you have chemotherapy, it does for women. I'm not sure about men. I need to research it. But your fertility is jacked all the way up. Oh, yeah. Especially with certain cancers and the treatment, it is. 
Yo, I had no clue. Mm-hmm. No clue. And before, so my mom passed right before I turned 40. For my 40th birthday, before my mom passed, I was making plans to go to a fertility clinic just to like make sure everything was good. And mm-hmm. they say when you turn 40, your eggs go crazy or whatever. My mom passed in September. My birthday's in October. Mm-hmm. I canceled the appointment. And because I was doing things with my mom. And then I got diagnosed the following like year. So I remember, you know, my cycle was supposed to come and it did. And I was freaking out. And I reached out to my doctor because it was like clockwork. I know when it comes. And she's like, oh, yeah, Leonora. So the treatment, you're not going to have a cycle. I was like, what? You know, like, <laughs> all the way below. So talk about those things in my group and mm-hmm. how so many women who get cancer and they go through chemo and how it completely messes up all of that, you know? Mm-hmm. And there are some organizations that help with that. So like, yeah, it's it's good to have that group talk about those things. That is true. Yeah. But, but what I will say, because you know, to those that are listening, um, head and neck cancer, you know, is a cancer that is missed in demographics, like I said for myself. So, just to let people know, if you have a sore throat that never goes away. If you have a lump in your neck, if it's difficult to swallow, if you have cold sores in your mouth that won't go away, if you have a nasal drip that never goes away, um, if you have white patches in your mouth or um, difficulty breathing, get an ENT doctor and get checked. Also, if you have foul breath and you're like, it just won't go away. Like I'm researching all these signs and symptoms of uh-huh. like different forms of head and neck cancer because it could be sinus, nasal, tonsil, tongue, jaw, um, larynx, voice box, thyroid, like all of that that impacts your head and your neck. Um, um, one of my signs or symptoms was I had an earache. Those were, mm. It was like an earache, and it came out of nowhere. I was like, what is this? My left ear, it just hurt. And I was like, what? And I was like, is this my sinuses? Like, and I had the earache, the difficulty swallowing, and the mucus. Those, like, the phlegm, those were my symptoms um, from my type. But I never had the cold sore. I didn't have the breath. I didn't have those other issues. But... If you have those symptoms, please get an ENT doctor and get checked um, because you want to catch it before it grows. And it's HPV related or mm-hmm. non HPV related. So there's two different types of head and neck cancers. So the ones that have people that had mono. Yes. Mm hmm. Yep, so that's why they push the Gardasil, like the HPV shot for the kids and all that mm-hmm. stuff. 
So mine was not HPV, which was also a shock. They're like, wait a minute, like, how did you get this? Like, and that's the mystery. Like, they're like, uh-huh. we don't know how you got this. Like, so, yeah. So if any of those symptoms, if you're not in that demographic of 50, 60, 70 years old, they're not checking for that for you if you're younger at all. Like, and I'm in different Facebook groups of head and neck cancer, and you'd be surprised how many 20-year-olds are, Uh like, going to the doctor, and they're like, nothing is wrong, just take this, and they're like, it's still giving me a problem, you know, because they're not checking for it. Exactly. You know, especially if you're not a smoker or a drinker. They're not even thinking that that could be you. So, yeah, if you have any of those symptoms, please get checked. Wow. Yeah. I keep losing my thought. I don't know. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Okay. Um, after radiation, did you keep your mask or you threw it in the trash? I have it. I don't know why I have it. (laughs) I feel like I should throw it away. No, you need to hang it. That needs to be part of your Arna wall because you Mm -hmm. rung that bell and you got to keep that mask. You could decorate it too, but keep that mask. It's sitting on my chair downstairs in the living room. It's just sitting there. I'm like, I should get rid of this thing. Uh, did you well now? Did you feel any cost? Did you feel claustrophobic when it first when they with your first treatment? I did because like, mm-hmm. it's like all over your face, like it's mm-hmm. your whole face, and you in like yeah, I was. it was serious. Did it give you some Ativan to take before you went in treatment, or did you just do some breathing techniques? I just did breathing techniques. Okay, and then I just got used to it. Okay. Well, that's good. Cause yeah. I, don't, I I seen I seen the other side before, so yeah, I've seen both ways. Yeah, I was like, then I would just pray, and I was like, okay, like I hate that thing. I was like, <laughs> I hate this thing. And then when I rang the bell, and it was like, you can take it. I was like, for real. And I was like, okay. But now that I have it, I'm like, why do I? Why do I have this? I'm over it. That's but, that's hilarious. Yes. 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 So, if you like the the listeners to follow you, what platforms are you on, and what's your oh, name? Yeah, so I am on Instagram. Uh, my Instagram is it's just Miss Lee, I T J U S T M I S S L E E. Um, I have so many like hit. All of them are like Miss Lee or just Miss Lee or it's just Miss Lee mm-hmm. on Twitter, um, YouTube. TikTok, um, and I created a Instagram called Nora's Yummy Eats, where I'm I'm hosting my food journey. So okay. like, the juicing, and as I'm transitioning to healthy foods, okay, all of that will be on Nora's Yummy Eats on Instagram. Okay, I'm gonna um, follow that too. Yes, follow that too. If you want to listen to any of my past shows, like that, I, my podcast and all of that is on the Miss Lee, like search for Miss Lee. I broadcast on um, Blog Talk Radio, so like all that stuff. So all my stuff is out there. If you know, I've interviewed so many people from like Q Parker from One Twelve to CC Peniston to oh wow, um, Kiki Wyatt, Faith Evans, 
so many people, but all those things are out there. So once you look for Miss Lee, you'll see all that, the links for all that stuff. Well, thank you so much for sharing your journey with me and all the listeners that's going to be listening. Yes, thank I you really so much. Thank you. I, this, your journey was, I'm just like, you know what? I'm not editing nothing. I want people to hear it because this is real. Like, yes, yes. You know, people, it it's, it sucks, but, you know, this is life sometimes. It, it and is. I was, and I always tell people, I was like, listen, cancer don't see no color at all. He don't no see color, age. no age, no demographic, no Nothing. nationality. Like, uh-huh. and it's, you know, having a trach and the speaking valve and the tube. And, like, I'll be like, I'm sorry, y'all. I got a suction there. I'm like, all right, girl, do what you got to do. You know, like, but it's it's real. It's so uh-huh. real. It's so real. Well, thank you so much. I love your spirit. Continue to fight. I'm actually gonna be checking up on you with your with your new journey, the yes. therapy. So I will be checking up on you. Be like, hey, how you doing? Just checking, see how you doing today. Yes. So, yes. Thank you. thank you, thank you. I'm looking forward to when I get that no evidence of disease. Uh, uh, amen. Amen. You know, so. We're speaking into existence. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Well, you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you, you too, and thank you so much for having me on your podcast. Thank you. Have a wonderful day. You too. Bye.